the saints said? Amen. Thank you, Nerissa. Each one of us came in with some uh, challenging, uh, with a challenging week, huh? I call them uh, character builders. Uh, if anything, if things never went wrong with us, uh, then there would be a uh, the, uh, superiority complex, and we'll start telling others how to live life. See? Uh, and so the Lord uh, permits things to happen in our life for a purpose. And so we want to um, look at the text for this morning, and... Um, and we're in the, in the book of Ephesians. As we look at Ephesians, give my own more code here. Okay, a moment old. As we look at e Ephesians, we will be uh, dealing with the whole idea of fathers. Matter of fact, since this is Father's Day then I thought it would be appropriate that we talk about fathers. And what we talk about will be comparative because what we want to do is not only talk about fathers, but the whole idea that when it comes down to fathers, um, let me get the uh, title up, Behold the Perfect Father. And there's a, there's a question I need to ask because we need to understand the dynamics of it because some folks have fathers and some who do not have fathers. Some folks don't even know what you're talking about when it comes down to father. Um, and, and you fathers, uh, the, the fathers, uh, Father's Day is a unique time where Mother's Day, boy, uh, cars be flying left and right and, uh, you know, you know, like rain, you know, you're good. You're good. Um, Father's Day is, is a little bit quieter, you know, like the Sahara Desert or, you know, something like that. Long. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, 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 just want to come to you. Thank you for your goodness to us. And thank you for your word. Thank you for our time together. Help me to clearly share with the saints of God um, about a perfect father. Is it possible to be a perfect father? Is there such thing as a perfect father? Help us to settle that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Um, the question is, is there a perfect father? Let's put another way. Uh, a perfect father is one who, you know, and he, he really, and that, that, uh, that chapter is the wrong chapter. It should be Ephesians. We'll get to, back to that. But the question is, is, is there a perfect father? You know, um, uh, a perfect father is one who, if we put it another way, you know, uh, do you think you have a perfect father? 
and, and I know that I have to be very quick. Uh, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Oh, so it's possible then for a person to be perfect. Not only fathers, believers, not only the father's perfect, believers perfect, but the Lord demands that we become perfect. Is this in here? It's, it says, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Therefore, we should have perfect mothers, perfect fathers. So since it's Father's Day, then praise the Lord for Father's Day. Okay. So I believe that our, uh, that our becoming perfect in Christ rests heavily on one word, choice. Becoming skillful and effective in choosing always to put God first guarantees perfection. I, I guess that, you know, through the whole uh, idea of, of slides and everything else, you know, it's an easy thing to go through the slides and, and you not get the concept. So let me just start off with the concept, and um, I will not go over the time. We will be out of here at 1230, you know. But... Um, uh, on the dot, but I thought that at least I want to deal with, and I was, I was sharing with Donna and Gus, the whole idea of going back to the Garden of Eden and the mystery of Eden. And the mystery of Eden is this. It wasn't the biting of the apple or the fruit. You can take the fruit out of it. You can take the fruit out of it. Let's take the fact, remember Adam blamed that woman you gave me? And everybody now talks about that, that, that woman, everything. But you know, and the, the real problem was this. Why were you in the center of the garden in the first place? When I told you not to go there. Fact, you knew you shouldn't have been there. Fact, you heard that serpent talking and you knew he was wrong. Fact, you could have shut it down as soon as you wanted to. Fact, you knew that God was serious. Fact, you knew the consequences of biting of the fruit. Fact, you decided that when you were caught to throw your wife under the, under the bus. Fact, you blame God as a result of it. What's the real problem? The real problem didn't start in the Garden of Eden. It shows up in the Garden of Eden. The real problem goes even in, in glory. When Satan said, I will be like the most high God. He chose that. He chose that. He was already the, 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 the you know, you, uh, anointed sheriff. He chose that. And it was by choice Adam chose to go where God told him not to go. And Jesus came around and chose not to do what man would do. The first Adam and the second Adam is that 
Jesus Christ said, not my will, but thy will be done. And everyone who knows God as their Savior, the first thing you'll say is not my will, but thy will be done. And the sin of Adam keeps coming down. The reason there are still problems in the homes and everything else, you keep trying to do it your way by choice. It's the sin of Adam. Not the biting of the fruit. Biting of the fruit is the outward evidence of something that he has already made up his mind in the first place. Do you hear what I'm saying? Choice. We are creatures designed to operate off of absolutes, not abstracts. Here are a few snapshots of a perfect father. Number one, the profile of a perfect father. Looking at God, our father, he is intentional. A perfect father is intentional. And so the next thing that we have to ask the question is, am I intentional? All right, let's, let's say that you're not a father. If you're just a, just a, if you're just a person. Are you an intentional person? Because intent affects content. Okay? Why did you leave your clothes hanging all over the laying all over the place? Yeah, I don't know, it just happened. No, 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 it didn't crawl out there like that. See? What was the purpose? What happened? Intent, content. And so he's intentional. There, there is his divinely established position of being the ultimate authority. There is productivity. Psalms 100. Remember the voice Psalm 100? Uh, in, uh, the, the whole idea of coming to God, it is he that has made us, not we ourselves. We are the sheep of what? His pasture. Everything you see in Psalm 100, you keep saying, his, 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 not ours. He's very intentional. There's purpose, Ephesians 1, 2 through 9. We'll be going through that, Ephesians 1, 2 through 9. Before the foundation of the world, God chose us in the beloved. I mean, there's a purpose that God has for us. See, men, we should be intentional. We should have a purpose. Fathers, if you're going to be a perfect father, it's one thing to be a biological father. That shows that your body works. If you're intentional and have purpose, that means that your mind is working. That's the difference between your, you see what I'm saying? Bi the biology and uh, the productivity and then your mind working, okay? Your uh, glutus, uh, your, uh, your, your cranial factors are working, okay? There's a plan, Ephesians 1, 10 to 12. We talk about that. Be looking at God's men, fathers, who have embraced, number one, the position of power, productivity, and this is just a recap, purpose, plan. I just want to put those four before you. A perfect father has these four things going for him. Number one, I'm a person, I understand the position of my power and authority and I will, not, I will not step down from it because that's how God has placed me for a specific reason. Not to lord it over individuals. I'm responsible for the well-being of the household. That's the position. God is saying, I am holy. 
and there's no other God besides me. And you better recognize me as holy. Some said head honcho, whatever you want to say, he's head of the household. I'm it. Jesus Christ comes along in, the, in, in uh, Revelation. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, which was, and which is to come. I'm it. <laughs> okay. Any questions on that? Okay. Because if he's it, that means that whatever it said then is through the position that he has, regardless of whether you like the personality or not. Do you, do you think that God cares whether you like his personality? See? And so, so, so husbands, position, productivity. There must be productivity. One of the things that I keep running into is if there's productivity, then I just want to share with the fathers, then guys, let me ask you a question. Do you have a plan? Yeah, I got a plan. Good. Show it to me. It's in my head. Oh, oh, please. Show it to me on paper. When you put it on paper, everybody else can see it. Young ladies, if guys talk about the, all their plans, say, hey, show it to me on paper. Don't, don't listen to all this talk. If they can't put it on paper, then it's, then it's floating around their head, and it's going to float away just as fast as they, they, they're talking it out. Wait a few minutes, then ask them. They say, what did I say at that point? Just put it on paper. Okay, uh, so be productive. Then there has to be a purpose. Then why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why did God create us? What's the purpose of it? Okay? God says, I, I, I tell you the purpose of it. I did it for my glory. I did it because I wanted to. <laughs> Any questions with that? I pulled you out of eternity past. You was a bunch of nothing. You didn't even know you were nothing. And I brought you into being a living being. And not only that, not only then you were born tainted with sin, watched you up, then made you my child out of a lot of folks who died and went to hell, and then have given you an eternal future, all because I wanted to. And those of us who are saved, we will experience eternity and enjoy it all because God wanted to. Plan. What's your plan? And fathers, that's what he, he's, we're seeing here. When we talk about the whole idea, if we start with God, God had all of those things, and then he said, he turned around to the husbands and to the fathers, fathers, you know your position, be productive, have a purpose, have a plan. A perfect, uh, let me use another word. Apart from when we talk about a perfect, being a perfect father, and that's what we're dealing with right now. When we talk about dealing with a perfect father, then that is a guy that have at least these four things operating in his life. Okay. The, another word for perfect is mature. We have a lot of immature individuals. I was listening to uh, Brandon as he talking about this guy who, uh, I think in his last message, talking about this guy who had 16 children. 
Um, that's more fingers, more numbers than fingers on his hand. And the whole idea of his whole life been messed up. Guess what? When you think about 16 children, think about 16 generations that have been messed up. Then these 16 children grow up not knowing a real father and having a real foundation. And now they're angry in the street and you tell them don't shoot. Why? They don't care. They haven't been taught anything. There's no foundation. I have not been loved. There's nothing I can stand on. We live in a world that, that have walked away from God. God has been our example. And now you have all of this generic stuff set up. And so the type of, when you say man now, I'm, all I can think of is a biological man, not a man of God. But a man of God, those who say we are men of God, then show me and understand that you know your position. Be productive according to God's plan. Have a purpose and have a plan. And if you don't, then why not? The protection, and we'll let you be too. The protection of a perfect father. The protection. Observation. God our Father did not save us based on the possibility of losing us. You know, one of the things, we look at John 6, 39. Let's read together. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all Today's the month and the last day. Amen. Amen. That I should lose nothing. Nothing. Um, there are some ways he has made sure that our uh, protection, unless it is for his glory. A lot of times, God, he protects us unless it's to his glory or he'll let something happen to us. I was looking at the news. Remember these, these two criminals on the run? And this, this father realized that these guys were in his neighborhood. And he said he loaded all of his guns. Not only did he load all of his guns, but not only did he uh, load all of his guns. Okay, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Um, he loaded all his guns, and then what he did was he um, got into his car and was going to drive away. But when he drived away, these guys met him. He was ready. The picture shows these two guys, when they ran into this man, the next thing you saw was these two guys who laid out on the, on the cement, not dead. They just gave up. And the guy said, I drew my family to me. And when I drew my family to me, I said, I will not let this man, these men, bother my family. And he holds this darling little girl up in his arms. My job is to protect. Do you think, do you th do you think the wife felt protected? Okay. 
The children might not have understood that right now. All they know is that the cameras were there. All they know is there was a camera there and that uh, individuals were um, uh, holding, you know, uh, all this going on, but, and she was just being held by daddy. And the, but you know what? It's going to be recorded, and there'll be a film, and she's going to see, she's going to look back and say, my daddy, and those were real criminals. And my daddy decided nobody's going to touch my family. Men, our responsibility, just like God has for us, protection. We protect our family. That's why in, in, in America, we say you are priest, provider, protector, lover, and servant leader. A lot of times, you know what individuals think? Protecting the wife is usually, or the family, is protection is I keep folk from happen, something happening to her from the outside. No, you protect her even from herself. And one of the things that I thought was very important that the Lord, the Lord laid on my heart was watch that Karen doesn't wear herself out. You're the protector. And, I, and forgive me about this rabbit trail. Uh, I said I'll end on time. I, I was thinking about um, marriage retreat, and I remember one of the marriage retreat. At that time, we had over 30 couples, and Karen was doing all this preparation and everything else she was getting ready for. And and uh, what happened was she was way behind, and and she was so tired. She was in the in our bedroom and trying to get all of these things together, and she was so tired. And I said, Karen, stop. Stop. Say, you, you, whatever you're going to do, whatever is not done, is not going to be done. I want you to do right now is rest. Just rest. She listened to me and she laid down. She was tired. She wanted to see, she wanted to see everything right, but I didn't want everything right and her crazy as the results of it. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody said, well, how, how beautiful did my wife look like she's something nut in the corner? I said, no, no, that's not going to happen. You know? So I said, hey, I'm, I, said, I want you to, that when you put on your dress and you look beautiful, you have rested and you have done all that you should. Don't you know that God looks the same way after us? That, you know, that's the first thing that he tells us when we own, a, own the, the whole idea of peace. He's protecting us. And, and, and gentlemen, when we talk about perfect father, he's concerned not only for the protection on the outside, I want to make sure that there's protection on the inside. So as far as Don Rackett is, is concerned, am I concerned about that? All I can say is, ask my wife. I won't be around, you know, and I have not paid her. You know, ask my wife. Ask her, do I protect her? And if she does, if she done anything, it's because I didn't know. It was out of my understanding, because I made it very clear. Even when they gave me a job, not here, I mean, but at the, at the youth center and everything else, and they said, "And your wife had to." I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" I said, "Wait a minute." I said, "You hiring me, not my wife." I said, "Now, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it." 
but don't expect my wife to be coming down to this youth center and doing all these other things. You take me as the whole package, but I'm the one who's working. And guess what? They said, oh, okay. I didn't need that job so much that I would wear out my wife. When we talk about protection, and it's to his glory. Ephesians 6, 11, 18. He has empowered us with his supernatural garment for war. James 4, 7. He has empowered those who are submitted to him with the ability to resist the devil and, and causing him to flee from us. Three, we are, are told by Christ that we are locked into his, his and the Father's hands. That sound like protection. When you're in the heat of the battle, God says, here's your battle suit. And you fight the battle. There are some times when you are, are challenged. And the Lord says, I'm giving you the protection. Looking at God's men. First, because they are generational thinkers, they understand the concept of protecting and improving, uh, providing for their wife and children. That's what a perfect father does. Whenever you start hearing a whole, whole lot of I and me and everything else, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. The whole thing that's necessary at this point is that we understand that we protect, protect, protect. They view their family as precious, a privilege, and an awesome responsibility, and an environment for unimaginable rewards of, uh, to the faithful. So, so that I know that if I've done everything, and understand, gentlemen, regardless of what you do, whether it's accepted or whether it's received, don't, don't try to make that happen. Either it's going to happen, but sometimes it seems like uh, it's not received at all. If you've done your job, everybody's not going to pat you on the back and say thank you. All the children are not going to get in line and say, ah, it's my turn to say thank you to dad, my dad. Get out. No, they're, 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 they're fighting in the line. I need to say thank you to my dad. You'd be surprised. Say, well, uh, one hour, and everybody say thank you to the daddy. Go upstairs, and he's sitting there for two hours, and nobody been up, you know. Uh, and they said, did anybody hear you? We heard. We we're, were going after I finished this, this this little game on my my smartphone. And so dad is sitting there, guys. All you know is that your job is having done all. You stand. Having having done all. You stand. You may have to stand sometimes with tears. You may have to stand sometimes with disappointment. But that all goes with being a father. Um, of course, the, the mother's job is just as hard, but I'm just focusing in on the father right now. That sometimes the unsung hero is uh, the father who works in the background. And, um, and so you'll find, though, that at the end of the Old Testament, it says at the last day, God will turn the hearts of his children to his fathers. Unless I come 
to strike the earth. God says, because the Father is very important. You are very important. Men, Father's Day is the day set aside to be encouraged. Okay. And if you're not, okay, just, that's just if you're not, then go in front of the mirror and do a little self-talk. Now, here's what you say when you get in front of the mirror. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I will yet praise him. And as you had your little tear, go back on the job. There's no walking away. There's no divorces and all these other things. After you have, have you cried your cry, you go back on the job. You're talking about a perfect man. Remember the word perfect means mature. Listen to the immature man. Man, I, just, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, I just, you know, I, I just had to get out of there, you know. I find somebody else that won't give me a headache. I said, you just, you just have a delayed action. That's all. You just, you just, <laughs> you just wait, bro. <laughs> oh, bless my heart. Okay, number three, you've been very patient. Personal attention of the, per of the perfect father. The what? Personal attention of the perfect father. He is committed to these four things to be developed in us. Learning. Leaning. Listening. That's why I kind of put this in here. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. And four, loving. Loving God is, is uh, God is love, and there's nothing you can do to prevent him from loving you. Let's hit those then. The, the, the four things that we, we find that even God has for us is learning. That's what God says. I want you to study to show thyself approved to God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. He, he's a good father. He says, I, I want you to know that because I want you to know me. Because when you know me, you, you'll make the, go back to, you'll make the right choices all the time. You won't repeat the sin of Adam of making the wrong choice. And then blame, and what they call blame shifting, and, and shift it over to somebody else. You keep making the right choices. You see? Leaning. Then you get to the point of when you're under stress, when, when life seems like it's just pouring in on you, and you can't handle it, remember what I say, cast all your care, I called you to peace, upon him, upon me. Because I care for you. Don't worry about it. I got it. Don't try to see the end of it. Just keep walking step by step, day by day. You know why? Because when you go through it, you'll come out with a testimony. That when others go through it, you can help them. You know what I, I like about a good leader? or They have what they call... Um, guided experience. What is it? You know, it's almost like, and I don't want to just kind of put this down. I'm just trying to make it as simple as possible. Those who still make cakes, okay, 
And uh, those who still make cakes and avoid the stores, you know, uh, what do you, those instant cake, but you actually know how to put one together. You tried it on your own, and uh, when you tried it on your own, uh, it, uh, it went in a blob and it came out a blob. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that the first layer is uh, like the Leaning Power Tower of pizza. And, uh, and, you, and you're so discouraged and it's cracked and everything else. And then you ask a person who's been baking cakes for a long time. They said, child, <laughs> the first thing is the ingredients that you have in it that has not been holding it together. So let me show you how to do this thing. And she walks you, and they call it guided experience. That's why when he says, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Guided experience. You know what a perfect father is? A perfect father walk his son through some things that he, that he have experienced, that he know, and he does not want him to be a failure. I praise the Lord for, um, for lunch with my, uh, my son. He took me out for, for uh, my birthday. And um, when he took me out for my birthday, um, my, my grandson has a whole lot of energy, so we knew how to shut him down real quick. I didn't have to scream at him or anything else. Took out a little computer, a little smartphone, gave it to him. <laughs> he was like that until we were finished, you know what I'm saying? I mean, really, he was, he was just, I mean, he was just, he was, he was there. He didn't eat anything, he just, he was there. So we just moved most to the side, and he was, he was nice and quiet. As my, as my brother and I were able, to, I mean, my son and I were able to talk. And he was talking about his plans and some of the things he was planning on doing and the vehicles and everything else. And I began to talk to him about some very important principles that he didn't listen to when he was younger. But now he's able to listen a little bit more as father to son. And we call it guided experience. We, we talk about this whole idea of learning and, and leaning and listening. Listening. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. See, don't think that you ever know it all. You always, the more, every time you learn, you grow. And every time you grow, you become more of an influence in sharing others. You keep making the right decisions, the right decisions, the right decisions. Is it possible for believers to make the right decision all the time? Yes. Why? Because in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall do what? He'll direct your path. See, I made a bad decision. Whoa, no. Your bad decision was not, not the job or, or the car or all that. Your bad decision is that you didn't ask God about it. See, that's the outcome of your bad decision. You, the physical thing is you didn't ask God. What you're not saying to me is that you didn't actually go to God about it. That's why things fell apart. You weren't attacked by Satan. Okay? Uh, number four, loving God. God is love and there's nothing you can do to prevent him from loving you. There's, um, that, that is amazing. When it says God so loved the world, God so loved you and me, he set 
his intentions toward us before the foundations of the world, before he even formed us, he set his love upon us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has anticipated every crazy thing we'll ever do. And that's after salvation. He knew it was going to happen before salvation. We're talking after salvation. And he has anticipated all of that. And he says, that'll never affect my love for you. Now, notice the love of God. His love was not just for believers. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That individuals who are going to hell to the lake of fire is not because God doesn't love them. They have chosen not to accept God's way. When they chose not to accept God's way, God didn't say, I stopped loving you. You chose it. You chose to walk out from us. And so you're going to walk away. And let me tell you something about this cross of Calvary. Just real quickly. Jesus Christ demonstrated us, gave a physical picture of what hell was all about on the cross of Calvary. Number one, on the cross of Calvary, there is complete shut off from God. And he cried out, Allah, Allah, Lama Sabasani, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? You want to know what the lake of fire is about? There is no God. There is no response. You're all there alone, and nobody cares. The next thing he shows, visibly on the cross, the excruciating pain. You are all alone. And the pain that you will endure through the whole process. And you alone, nobody else, in your place, and no one will deliver you. God has done, God has done, he says, he said, this is what has happened to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I, what you see happening to me could have happened to you, and guess what's now, in outer darkness. So I'm so glad about God's love and what his love does for each one of us. So um, knowing that we are creatures with an embedded need for uh, acknowledgement, affection, approval, attention, he made sure that our response, choices, and outcome will have eternal significance. One last thing. The obvious sign of a perfect or perfecting father is identified with these, with his choices and priorities. Choose well. And do not be deceived by what we do for God, but how much time we spend with God. Let me say that again. Understand. Choose well. Do not be deceived by what we do for God but how much we spend time with God. I think that is so important. Lord, didn't we, didn't we do all these great things? He said, I never knew you. Remember the church of Ephesus? He said, I know your works and everything else, but I have a problem. 
You don't love me like you used to. You're doing ministry, but there's, there's the connectivity between you and me is not what it used to be. And it says, repent, change your mind, come back. And so my prayer this morning for all of us is that we understand that a perfect father or a perfect believer understand that we have a responsibility to God. If there was one word, if you walked away from here this morning, that I want you to remember, I want you to repeat after me, choice. What is it? I am the product of my choice. God laid it all out for us, hasn't he? He laid it all out for us. He laid out for us to be more than conquerors to him that love us. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, it's right there. All we have to do is unpackage it, you know. We can have total peace and never worry about a thing. Unpackage and package that whole thing. He's done all these things, but you know what? We're dealing with this thing about choice. And my concern is choice. What is your choice this morning? So as we, um, as we bow in prayer, how have you been choosing this morning? Uh, what has been uh, the aspect of your choice? Let's bow. Father God, I pray for the saints of God. If not anything else, Help us not repeat the sin of Adam. Choosing not to obey you. Because he had his own agenda. That whatever cost the wife you gave him. Your reprimanding him. Uh, whatever it might have been. He wanted to hold on to what he wanted to hold on to. The sadness of the Garden of Eden, and Lord, is that the fact that he never repented. It's not, it's not recorded that he repented. He made a choice. Jesus came around, Lord, and made it possible that we can choose. Help us to choose well every day. We are freed up from that sin. And help us to choose to serve you. Give us, Lord, uh, a pure heart. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. amen.